Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Embracing resistance. You ever notice the uh, experience where you you have an idea of uh, how something is going to be or how it should be, maybe some plan, some reasonable expectation, um, and it turns out really different than how you thought it was going to be. And the response that comes, a lot of, uh, a big variety of responses that can come from, oh darn, to, oh no, to, no, 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 to, it's not fair. And then maybe, and you're, more spiritual moments, you remember, oh, just let go. But a few moments later, it's no, 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 just let go. Just. But it's not fair. Equanimity, equanimity, just be balanced. It's not there. And then, wait a second, I'm a Dharma practitioner. I'm a spiritual guy or woman. And I know I'm just supposed to be with things as they are. Stop it. Just chill out. Stop it. And then you don't know how to get out. And it's, it's really frustrating when you know better here, but everything inside of you is wishing things were different, including the fact that you see you're wishing things were different. That's the big hook. You see it and you're still stuck. And you, damn it, wish it were different. When are you going to learn? You've been doing this for five years, ten years. You've been doing this for 30 years. Uh, are you going to get the point? Sooner or later, things as they are. So, um, I wanted to talk about this phenomenon of resisting experience and then talking about the possibility of embracing the resistance, which is uh, a very profound practice in itself. What is resistance? It's basically another way of saying the second noble truth, wanting things to be different than the way they are. But it's a particular flavor of wanting. It's a, 
It's not wanting as far as possessing, but it's not even just pushing away. There's a kind of battle with reality that is insidious and is um, comes out of the core of your being. It's one thing to say, I don't like that, or get away from me, or even come out with anger or ill will. There's, a, 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 for me anyway, as I reflect on it, a deeper dimension of resistance that is sometimes below the radar, uh, un- subtle, that an aversion that's subtle that we don't realize is coloring our whole experience. What's it feel like? What's it feel like for you? And there's not any one way that it should feel like. But, um, well, we'll explore that in a moment. On retreat, resistance is a very, very common, inherent almost, part of the process. Especially the first few days, get to a retreat. How many people have sat, say, a retreat of a week or more? Okay, wonderful. Okay, well, you guys know, okay, you sit the first couple of days, three days usually, and there's sleepiness, restlessness, aches in the body, and busyness in the mind. It's not a very good commercial for doing a retreat, if you haven't done it, but it's worth it. You see, there's a lot of people that put their hand up, and yeah, and they're still here, right? So there's some value to it. But at the very beginning of a retreat, that's that's part of the package, because you're kind of, you're, you're, detoxing from all from stimulation and it takes a while to land in the present moment so there you are you know you're so used to operating on outside energy you sit down and not much going on and you pay it. there you go you fall out or you you get very stirred up and one moment it's it's sleepiness and then followed by another moment of restlessness and then there's sleepiness and back and forth. And there's and what you're paying attention to when you're finally here is achy body or busy mind. So that's not a, a very fun show. Um, so there's often some resistance to that. And then you... So you're told to sit still for... 45 minutes or an hour or so. Now walk in a very, very careful way. Now um, you eat and just take what's given. And if you're, unless you're on the special needs table, then you take even less of what's given. And then you're told to sleep in a, a new bed, maybe with the roommate. Um, Maybe if it's hot in the summer or cold in the winter, um, it's almost guaranteed to bring up resistance. And so when people come, if it's their first retreat, and they are you know, often saying, what am I doing here by the second day? What, what was I thinking? You know? Oh, 
this is resistance. It's okay. And one of the things that gets easier is you see, oh, it's part of the package. And if you give yourself that space to go through what you go through, it, that, that first settling in period is a process of really allowing for it to be just the way it is. And in that allowing, as I'm sure most of you can corroborate, when you are not fighting the experience, sooner or later, as you just trust in the process, it, you just settle into it and magically you land in the present moment after a few days. For most people, it's like, oh, this is really okay. Oh, what was so hard a day or two ago? It's so, it's nice being here in the present moment. Oh, I don't want to be, oh, do I have to leave now at the end of the retreat? And then, of course, it's not that it stays that way and becomes bright, sunshiny days for the rest of the retreat. Then there's a whole other level of resistance that can come up as feelings emerge that had not been attended to. Or you have a really wonderful meditation, you somehow fell into that, and then you spend the next day or days trying to recapture it. I, On my very first retreat, I, I've shared this from time to time, I, I, I fell into this incredible meditation experience I'd never had before where I just was, didn't matter if the bell never rang, I was breathing in, the universe was breathing out, I was breathing out, Life was breathing in. We were just having a very nice dance together. Ah, oh, so peaceful, so calm, so present. I got so turned on by practice. And the next time I sat, I remembered very well what it was like. And it wasn't there. And I spent the next two days trying to recreate that experience. It was really frustrating. And I went into Joseph, who was my teacher, and saying, um, I had it and I lost it. How do I get it back? And um, then he told me a story that I was so glad this is on my first retreat. He said, oh, yeah, I know what that's like. I said, yeah? He said, yeah, I had that uh, for quite a while. Really? He said, yeah, there was a time in his practice when he was just really cruising and clear. And it was in, in India. And every time he sat, it was like it was a body of light and, and his mind was clear. And then he was going back to uh, to the States for, for a while and visiting family and friends and knowing he was going to come back to, to Asia. And he didn't do much sitting when he got back to the States for a few weeks or a month. And when he came back, he remembered really well the space that he was in. Okay, great. Here we go again. And he said, I sat down and my, my body was like mud and my mind was like, no, my body was like twisted steel. And my mind was like mud. That's, that's how he described it. And then he looked at me and he said, 
I spent nearly two years trying to recapture that experience. And then his line was that stayed with me. I was the dummy. I did it for you. You don't have to spend two years trying to recapture it. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, it was it was such a gift until he somehow, even though his teachers were saying, just be with things as they are. This is the insidious part where you know, you think you know, oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, my teacher told me, okay, I'll just be with things as they are. But there's this part of you that says, come on, I know what it was like. You know, I know I can do that. Yeah, I'll be with things as they are. And it's there. Imagine two years, two years of practice trying to recapture an experience because he somehow couldn't be with things as they are. And when he finally could, everything changed. He gave up at some point. And then, practice really took off. So, it happens on retreat, in formal practice, and it happens in our, our daily life. Let me just ask, just so it's relevant for you, might reflect in your own mind, in your heart, just uh, when do you feel resistance? Maybe you've felt it in the last days or weeks to something going on in your life. When do you feel it? What does it feel like just from the perspective right now where you're you're not perhaps caught in it? And uh, what's it based in for you? There's, as I say, a, a number of different sources that it could be based in, where is it for you in this particular situation? Kind of explore the experience of resistance for a few moments. Okay. So before we go on, I've got lots more to say, but I just want to uh, check in with you. When might you experience it, or and uh, what what does it feel like? We can just take a couple of comments if there are any. What's resistance for you? I think for me it comes across as there are times when I see something that should be some way and it's very clear to me that it should be that way and so I see that clearly it should be this way but it's not mm -hmm. but that doesn't feel very clear at all it feels very tight it feels very uncomfortable and usually I'm the only one uncomfortable about it mm -hmm. But you sort of get wrapped up in that. Mm -hmm. So the should gets in the way, some kind of unmet 
expectation or or hope or idea. Okay, maybe a thank you. Maybe a, a different source for some. Yeah, yeah, about to get you. Did you have your hand? Here, right in front of you, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. By source, what, sorry, by source, what do you mean first? A little close. What do you mean by source? Oh, like, I mean, where, where, where is it? What's it, what's it based in? You know, where's it coming from? Um, for me, uh, there's the should, but there's also when, when I want to know an answer and I, you know, get an answer, and then I don't want that answer. So then I'm like, I'll just keep meditating until another answer shows up. And then I feel myself getting really clenched in my stomach. Um, and I have this really physical reaction, like just really tight in my stomach. And I'm really afraid because I don't want that answer. And, and I know it, and I don't want to know it. So that's where, like, this real battle that you were describing comes up as this resistance against that that answer, that knowledge, mm-hmm. and then this real tightness in my body, mm-hmm. my belly, you know, because I'm afraid of, of what that answer means or what I have to do as a result of, of what Okay, so, you're, so there's fear, afraid of, oh, no, not that, that answer, and you want something else. I uh, just was uh, remembering this story. This, uh, <laughs> this guy gets chased by a, a tiger and uh, who's, who's after him and fer- ferocious and he makes it to the cliff and he jumps over the cliff and he's holding on to uh, magically he, he holds on he grabs on to a, a, a branch sticking out of the cliff and he sees this long um, gorge below him and the tiger above him and he's saying God, God are you there? What should I do? Give me an answer. And God says, let go, let go. And the guy says, anybody else up there? (laughs) Okay, so fear (laughs) should, or fear wanting to get a, a different answer. And what else? Where, where else is there resistance for you? Any anything different? Yeah, let me pass it on. Um, for me, change, <laughs> just in general, change. Whenever there's change that I don't feel like I have, I, whenever there's change that I don't feel like I was the one in charge of deciding that there's going to be change, mm-hmm. I feel resistance. And I think for me it feels like holding on, like I end up just holding on to the way that it is. And I don't want to let go or move forward. Okay. So resisting change. But, and, and one aspect of that is, is loss, is l- losing how things have been. Maybe they you've gotten settled in and... And then life happens and there's change. That's a very common one. Yeah. And again, there's fear like, oh, what's going to happen now after I'm out of my comfort zone? Anything else? Okay, maybe we'll just stop stop there for a moment and you can can just uh, hold on to that and you can turn it off. So there's lots of different, whether it's fear, it can be loss, it can be worry about what might happen. You have an idea 
and then you're you're resisting looking at the way things are can be a resistance to discomfort. You know, I got everything set up and oh, it's kind of modified on the change or some kind of ideals and expectations. It's whenever things don't go the way you'd like them to, there's that resistance. But the thing to keep in mind is, first on on a, a, a more evident level that right within resistance lies freedom. That it's it's really the doorway it's the doorway to peace. Just like the second noble truth the cause of suffering can lead to the end of suffering. The second noble truth you understand that and then there is the possibility of of peace. There's this paradox that right within the problem lies the freedom. It's this very similar an analogy to this is right within, as I often share, right within the judging mind. Okay, you're judging. Oh, there's judgment everywhere. And if you can see the judgment and really understand it and hold it with compassion. Right within the seeing of the judgment lies compassion. Or right within anger lies the possibility of forgiveness and kindness and love. And right within resistance in that same way lies the possibility of peace. Here's a a quote I came across. This is from uh, Nisargadat Maharaj, the the, uh, great non-dual teacher whose book I Am That is one of the most inspiring teachings. He says, this is one way he puts it, the essence of real pleasure is acceptance. Whatever may be the situation, if it is acceptable, it is pleasant. If it is not acceptable, it is painful. Then a student replies, pain is not acceptable. And Maharaj uh, Nisargadat says, why not? Did you ever try? Do try and you will find in pain a joy which pleasure cannot yield. For the simple reason that acceptance of pain takes you much deeper than pleasure does. The personal self, by its very nature, is constantly pursuing pleasure and avoiding pain. The ending of this pattern is the ending of the self. The ending of the self with its desires and fears enables you to return to your true, your real nature, the source of all happiness and peace. So, that's kind of what he's saying. Right within... Ah, just open up and enjoy it. That's a nice ring. Right within... The thing that's 
that's re- that you're resisting, that you're wishing weren't here, lies the possibility of a deeper opening to reality. Of, of course, there's resistance, but that's what makes us stronger. And a perfect analogy on a very direct level is going to the gym. Okay, which you might actually, and I just rejoined the gym recently, so I'm kind of, you know, getting all kind of excited about the idea of going to the gym. No, I have actually gone to the gym a few times. It's been good. But, you know, there's this, you know that feeling, there's this resistance that says, you know, oh, God, do I really want to go to the gym? You know, it's going to take a lot of time and uh, there's all that work and like that. And then you go and it's like, oh, I'm really glad I went to the gym. Yeah, it feels so good. And the actual act in going to the gym is the idea is to little by little increase your resistance. That's the idea, right? That's how you get stronger, by increasing your resistance. Oh, did... 10 pounds last week. Oh, I can do 15 pounds now. Oh, wow, I'm doing 20 pounds now. If you just stay at the 5 pounds, you know, it's nice to move your arms, but but you're not going to get stronger precisely because you're not challenging yourself. It it works on a physical level and on a heart level, on on a mental level as well. That going through your challenges is what what really builds builds your heart muscle and your spiritual muscle. Um, and I love this quote. I, I used it in in my book from Helen Keller. Helen Keller, she says, um, as who most of you know, just completely unable to see or hear, but finding grace in her life in a very profound way. She says, uh, Character cannot be developed in ease and quiet. Only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. All the world is full of suffering. It is also full of overcoming. And this is from uh, the mother from uh, Sri Aurobindo's uh, uh, counterpart um, who says, You carry in yourself all the obstacles necessary to make your realization perfect. If you discover a very black hole, a thick shadow, you can be sure there is somewhere in you a great light. It is up to you to know how to use the one to realize the other. That that's, that's the way the game is set up, that we grow through our challenges. Okay, so then there's the, so that's the, on the more obvious level, okay, there's something difficult here, and instead of resisting, if I can open up and allow. Got that. Now, what happens when the resistance persists and it's coloring the whole experience even when you know better. 
And this is what I, I've been exploring a little bit. It's not just letting go of the resistance. You can't always do that. And it's not, it goes beyond just accepting, accepting what's here. Okay, it's here, so I'll accept it. This is the way things are. I'll accept it. There's a subtle resignation in that. And even accepting the resistance is just part of the way because you can say and truly mean it, okay, I'll accept that there's resistance here. And that's that's pretty good. Say, all right, there's, there's resistance and I'll just accept it. That's good. But to go one step further and to somehow, magically, mysteriously embrace the resistance. That's a, that's a whole other level where there's not just resignation with a subtle, subtle level of resistance, but a true opening up and welcoming that humanity, that humanness in you that is resisting. That when you you do that, when you can embrace both the resistance or the reaction of mind itself, then um, you're remembering on one in a very direct way that there's an awareness that can open up to this too. That it doesn't, it's not like I'll open up to everything and kind of let the resistance be there. But that one can also open up to the resistance itself. That the awareness is big enough to hold it all. And I, this this topic came to me after having a, a really inspiring conversation with a friend the other day who recently sat a retreat um, with the nuns up in, uh, she was at Angela Center, the Saranaloka nuns. And she saw in her, and she said it was okay to, to share this, I won't say her name. She said she, she saw within her, she's been doing practice for a long time. She saw within her, in a way that had never been clear before, this deep, existential no to life that kind of really startled her that, that just basically from she thought from the from the very beginning there it's there's been this part of her it doesn't define all of her but this part that just doesn't didn't want to be here and doesn't want to be here no no no. And it, it manifests in lots of little ways. But when she came into accessing that, it was startling just how deep it was. There's a part of her that says no to life. This is a, a beautiful human being who is very generous and wise and a very loving heart. So it's not like it's obvious on, on the surface. But she 
she got in touch with that. So then she said, okay, what the heck do I do with all of this deep-seated no? And she said it was just this mass of resistance to everything. And uh, after fighting it for a few days, feeling sad that it was there, frustrated about it, she just decided the only thing to do was to open her heart to it. And when she did that, when she really opened her heart to it, not bargaining or pretending or wishing, but genuinely embracing with compassion, in that moment, as she said, oh, how, how difficult this has been, and just genuinely took it in and embraced it, it was an amazing, what she thinks is you know, a, a real landmark in her life, where the no magically dissolved into a yes. Where as she embraced it, as she stopped fighting, there was all of this energy that, that was freed up, you know, because it takes energy to resist. And when it wasn't there and it just was, oh, yes, dear, that too, it was like all of that energy got freed up and the no melted and there was this tremendous, as she describes it, tremendous joy that was, that was truly remarkable, that has stayed with her. This is from uh, a, a few weeks ago that the retreat ended. And she says it's just a whole other, whole other dimension, and and it comes down to relaxing, relaxing the struggle, stopping the struggle, and relaxing into it. That's maybe the first step. Accepting, okay, it's here. Relaxing the fight, and then just completely allowing it to be here. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know those, what we used to call um, um, Chinese finger puzzles. I don't know if they're, I think you got them in Chinatown, right? That's where we used to get them. You know, you, you stick the, the the weaving in and you're you're pulling and you're pulling and you're pulling. And then you stop pulling and you relax. And then, oh, there's the hands out like that. So in that relaxing and accepting and allowing and embracing, there's this magical transformation of your relationship to the experience. And it opens up that locked energy into vitality and, and joy. I, I love this line. I've shared it here before that uh, Pema Chodron has. And she says, you know, when you're seeing all this dukkha in your life, all of this suffering, instead of focusing on the suffering and on the dukkha and on your reactions to the, to the dukkha, take delight in that which sees the dukkha. That is, take delight that there's an awareness that can open up to this without fighting it. 
What am I resisting? That's 